What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Mass Murder Talk. I'm your host, Janine. Just so y'all know, I have dubbed my listeners Mass Murder Gang. Uh, it's kind of weird, but it's kind of cute at the same time, so I like it, and I hope it makes sense to everybody. So this episode is really interesting to me because, as most of y'all know, I talk about stories that usually have something to do with mental illness or the family angle, but this one doesn't. I guess some people would say they consider this diagnosis mental illness, but according to medical professionals, it's actually a brain disease. So today I have my trusty co-host on with me, my wonderful husband, Tony. What's up, everybody? So I have Tony on this episode because of his extensive knowledge of football, and this one deals with something called CTE. It's something that I've heard about, but I'm not very familiar with, and with my husband having played high school football and skateboarding and being in the army, he is very familiar with it. So for those that don't know, CTE stands for Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. I hope I said that right. I hope I didn't butcher it. And it's a term used to describe brain degeneration that's likely caused by repeated head traumas and concussions. It has been shown to cause a range of symptoms, including violent mood swings, personality changes, and memory loss. The unfortunate thing is it can only be diagnosed with an autopsy where they're able to study certain sections of the brain. So Tony, any thoughts or comments you want to add before we start? CTE is pretty tough to diagnose and it is caused by concussions and I've had quite a few. Well, it's not only that it's tough to diagnose, they can't even diagnose it until after you're dead. So Exactly, that's why it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that being said, this episode is about Philip Adams. On April 27, 2021, Adams shot six people at a house in Rock Hill, South Carolina. He killed five and fatally injured a sixth that died on April 10th. So let's get into some background about Philip Adams. Philip Matthew Adams was born on July 20th, 1988 in Rock Hill, York County, South Carolina. He also lived in other areas of York County, including Fort Mill. I couldn't find anything about his background as far as like his childhood and how he grew up. But honestly, I don't think he had a bad childhood. Adams graduated from Rock Hill High School in 2005. From there, he went to South Carolina State University where he played football. So stick with me, y'all. Dude did a lot of bouncing around. So in 2010, as a rookie, he joined the San Francisco 49ers, but suffered a severe ankle injury and he never played for them again. In September of 2010, he was cut from the 49ers. He later joined the New England Patriots and in November 2011, they released him. Adams later joined the Seahawks where he played in one game. From 2012 to 2013, he played for the Oakland Raiders. During this time, with it, well, during his time with the Raiders, he had two concussions over three games in 2012. In September of 2014, the New York Jets signed him. He appeared in 12 games for the team. In 2015, he played for the Atlanta Falcons, and that was the last team he played for. So including college, he had been playing football for like 20 years. So, Tony, what do you think? Why was he bouncing around from team to team like that? Do you think it has something to do with his performance or could it have been injuries? 
Uh, I mean, that's that's a typical football career for a player that may not be a a list player. You know, your your number one star. A lot of guys bounce around on it for an entire career if they're good enough to be on the team, but not good enough to be like that guy to get you to the Super Bowl. Right, but still, I mean, so when you go, because you're gonna have to. I know about some things about football, but a lot of things I don't. So when you go from each team, don't you have to be able to like perform a certain type of way? I mean, yeah, performance is a big key, but uh, I mean, you can look at players and you'll get a veteran that's been playing for 10, 15 years and a team will put him on a team just because he's a veteran and he's a good leader. Um, Now, granted, that'll probably be like a one-year deal or something like that, but um, yeah, he could, it could have been performance. It could have been his injuries, like teams were worried about him re-injuring his ankle um, stuff like that. So there's, okay. there's a lot that plays into a, a team picking a guy. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So once his career in the NFL was over, he stayed close to home in York County and he helped take care of his mother who was a former teacher and she became a paraplegic in a car accident in 2010. Adam's family member said that he had experienced difficulty sleeping through the excruciating pain he had sustained during his playing career. Adams had complained to his family of frequent memory lapses. So, Tony, honest opinions. I, I mean, it, you tell me that I have memory lapses all the time. You do. And and I have chronic pain. Um, but that's it, he, he was a football player. He was a professional football player. Like, there's going to be aches and pains and stuff like that. But at the same time, everything you just said, I can – bring back like Junior Seau and a whole lot of other football players that have had CTE once they died and they were able to look at the brain. Um, they all said basically the same thing. Hard time uh, sleeping, usually trying to self-medicate through for the pain and the trying to help them get to sleep. So uh, sounds spot on for CTE. Well, I personally think this shit is crazy. And why do doctors have to wait until you're dead to even know if you have CTE? I mean, mean, let's be honest, because at at that point, it's pointless. You're dead. Yeah, but so with the way CTE, from what I know, the way that they can see it, if you look at an x-ray, yeah, you can see like bruises on the brain and stuff like that. But CTE is after those bruises heal and it won't show up on an image of a CT scan or something like that. The, it actually is like deep bruising that no longer shows up on the images. Mm. And after a while, depending on what part of the brain is injured, you start to lose cognitive and all these other functions. A lot of people end up getting like, almost like a, uh, what's that one where you shake? What, trembles? Yeah, like Parkinson's. A lot of guys end up getting like shaky hands and stuff like that. So they don't. The reason they have to wait until you're dead and split your brain open is to look and see what what deep tissue damage was done. Okay. Well, moving on. The director of the CTE in Boston said that she didn't think that he had snapped. She said that she believed it was a, a cumulative progress impairment. 
She went on to say that he was getting increasingly paranoid and that he was having increasing difficulties with his memory and that he was very likely to have more and more impulsive behaviors. She also said that there were inklings that he was developing clear behavioral and cognitive issues, which my husband just mentioned. So Adam's family agreed to have his brain tested for CTE at Boston University, which is the leading site for research on the disease. Now, I found this part extremely interesting, but not shocking. So apparently, more than 315 former NFL players have been posthumously diagnosed with CTE, including 24 players who died in their 20s and 30s, according to the director of the CTE Center in Boston. So, Tony, do you find this number shocking or are you not surprised? Do you think the number would be higher or lower? Oh, uh, well... It's not surprising at all. Um, I actually had just gotten out of high school football when the whole CTE thing started coming together and was in the Army learning about concussions and stuff like that. So, no, that's not surprising. I actually thought the number would be higher, but uh, if you think about it, there's still a lot of football players still alive. So, Right, and again, since you can't diagnose it until someone's dead, there's no telling how many more football players will be diagnosed with this brain disease yeah and and it's a lot of it's positional issues i mean you've got guys that were linebackers or safeties and corners wide receivers running backs those guys get hit on a consistent basis and i on every play every play one of those positions is getting hit somehow or some way even offensive and defensive linemen so you know you're not really going to see it so much in quarterbacks Unless they're like Colt McCoy, who played for the Browns, and that dude seemed to get a concussion every game. Uh, but back when Colt was playing concussions, people knew about concussions. They knew they were bad, but they didn't know how bad. So a, a guy like Colt McCoy got to continue to keep playing games until he just basically couldn't throw football anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know too much about him. I didn't really see his name pop up that often in my research well i didn't see his name pop up at all in my research but well he's not dead yet oh <laughs> well, I, I, explain I, it. <laughs> I actually think he's uh coaching for a team but he, he's one of those guys that just like he got a lot of concussions well okay so all right so if he was diagnosed with cte i don't think he should be coaching well, no, he's not. Di he's still alive. He can't be diagnosed with. CTE well, it, okay, so not diagnosed, but if he is having symptoms, I guess that's a better but, word well, of CTE. He still should not be coaching. Well, like, but well, that's what I'm saying. He's he's still alive. He's still coaching. He's still able to do all that stuff. So we won't know until he's long and gone. But like for me, I played for a very small school, and I played. Uh, I was a starting fullback. I was a starting middle linebacker, and then they started moving me around because I, I was that guy. You tell me what to do, I'm going to do it. You just show me how to do it. So I played just about every position except for quarterback and punt, punter and kicker. And I played all over the field. I was never off the field except for more than like maybe two minutes a game, and that was usually to get my ankles retaped. And I don't honestly remember most of my high school games, and I – Played one year and practiced with the team for three because I really wanted to play, but my parents wouldn't let me. So I skateboarded instead. 
and I got more concussions from skateboarding than I did football. Well, I can absolutely see that, and I 100% agree with the concussions because you can't remember shit most of the time. <laughs> well, and it's not just football. Like, I don't want people to hear this and freak out and be like, well, my kids are never playing football. I'm going to have them play soccer. There's been a study done that soccer players bouncing the ball off of their head. Yeah, I heard about that. Actually causes a higher chance of having CTE because it's it's not a full-blown concussion. It's like a, 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 a miniature concussion every time it bounces off your head. So the, the key thing here is obviously practice and good technique and not leading with your head because um, I did that a lot. <laughs> And, and just if you feel like you may have a concussion, and trust me, even a small one, you're cognitive enough to go, that that hurt, that doesn't feel good, I don't feel right, and get it checked out. Okay, well, so Adam's family had said that they had gone through his medical records, and they found out that he was desperately seeking help from the NFL, but all of his claims were denied because of his inability to remember things and to handle simple tasks such as traveling for hours to see doctors and going through extensive evaluations. Okay, so am I the asshole here? Because it seems like he was complaining about the things that he was needing help with, but because he couldn't remember, they wouldn't help him. So somebody is going to have to make that make sense for me. I don't quite get it. I... I can't really say much on that because that's that's the NFL. The NFL's weird. Um, it's kind of like the Army. I, I injured my knee multiple times, but I only have the one documentation for it, right? So with the Army, I can only prove the one injury. Well, there's a whole mass load of other things wrong with me from the Army. I can't prove it. With the NFL, they're probably like, okay, well, when did you get your first concussion? Well, I don't know, if, especially if it was a bad enough concussion, you're not going to remember. <laughs> right, and that's what I'm trying to say. You know, if he's complaining about things, I feel like they should have at least been checked out instead of saying, fuck it, you don't remember, get the fuck out my face. Uh, yeah, I agree, I agree. But it's one of those things where, where's your evidence to at least prove that there's something wrong with you so that they can start their investigation type of deal. I I believe that they should have done it. If, if a player comes to them and goes, hey, look, there's something wrong with me. I've been playing football for 20-something years. I want to get a checkup and have all this stuff done to see if there's something wrong. They should. But that all costs money. What does this world revolve around? Money. Well, I mean, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's not even so much that if his family knew that he was having, you know, certain issues and that he couldn't remember and was having memory lapses and stuff like that, you know, why wouldn't they go with him to certain appointments or instead of, you know, the doctor telling him, you know, you need to go here or you need to go there maybe the doctors should have reached out to some of his family members and be like, hey, you know, you need to make sure that your family member makes it to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Because if you're telling somebody who doesn't remember anything, 
hey, I need you to go across the street and get the mail. And five minutes later, they don't remember what you said. That's a problem. So apparently his family knew that something was going on, but I don't know. I can't say they didn't step in enough because I couldn't find any research on that, but I'm just giving my two cents. But at this point, Adam's former agent recommended a lawyer who could help him file his claims, but Adam suddenly dropped the lawyer sometime in January 2020. The former agent said that he offered to help Adams access his medical records that he had appointments to see or to be seen by third party doctors, but he missed the appointments. So as I said before, the family knew something was off, but they just kind of hoped that he would come out of it eventually. But unfortunately he was getting worse. So by now we know that he was pretty far gone and he had continued to struggle. So without any provocation, Adams went to the home of Robert Leslie, who was a prominent local physician. Adams shot and killed Leslie, his wife, Barbara, two of their grandchildren, nine-year-old Ada and five-year-old Noah. Adams also killed two HVAC technicians who were working on the Leslie home, James Lewis and Robert Shook. During the shooting, uh, Adams used two firearms, a 45 caliber and a nine millimeter. Police later found that Adams had, well later found Adams with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And then after everything had calmed down, they recovered more than 20 weapons in Adams' home. So apparently he was able to obtain these weapons before he kind of lost it i guess i don't really know a better way to put it well he could have just been a firearms enthusiast and you know over years of being able to play football he those guys make pretty decent money able to afford some firearms and you know that's not suspicious to me no that's but, not suspicious to me either but um the the big thing here is you know his family was saying that there was something going on and and stuff like that so I would have definitely tried to get more involved if I was his family. Like, I get they were worried and they were trying to get him to go to doctor's appointments. But as you were saying, maybe drive him to the appointment. Yeah. Or, or, you know, because what's the very first thing I ask you to do when I schedule an appointment? Hey, this is when my appointment is. This is what time we have to be there. And can you go with me? Yeah. And while we're in the doctor's office, I'm always looking at you for did I miss anything? Did I tell you I had a question that I forgot? Or am I forgetting something and you'll always ask the doctor a question? And I'm like, see, I didn't even think to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a man thing. <laughs> During Adam's autopsy, the coroner found amphetamines, for which he had a prescription, and a reg unregulated drug called Kratom, which is, helped to, uh, which is believed to help reduce chronic pain, but it can produce opioid-like effects when taken in large doses. So maybe at the time of the shooting, he had so much of that in his system. That he was he, just... That dude was probably high as a kite. Yeah. <laughs> because I just think it's weird that you pick that house out of any... I mean, you shouldn't be picking any house. But, you know, just that house and just go to somebody's house and just shoot everybody in there. I, I think that's so strange. Uh, that's that's what happens when you're high and you also aren't thinking 
correctly. Well, I know that, but still, that it just still blows my mind. Yeah, I know. So when Adam's family had his brain examined, it was discovered that he had stage 2 CTE. This stage is associated with progressive cognitive behavioral abnormalities such as aggression, impulsivity, explosivity, depression, paranoia, anxiety, poor executive function, and memory loss. Dear Jesus, the more you talk about this guy, the more I'm sitting here like, okay, check, check. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you don't have all that stuff going on, because if so, you know, you might need to talk about some things. The the impulse control, the the, the anxiety and the paranoia, yeah, that's, that's, anxiety and paranoia, definitely, but I I don't know if that's just training or the concussions anymore. Kind of all blurs together. (laughs) Well, doctors say that stage 2 CTE is the most common stage for football players in their 30s who are diagnosed with the disease. CTE has been found in former members of the military, football players, hockey players, and boxers who have been subjected to repeated head trauma. Unfortunately, it is not known exactly what causes CTE and there is no cure. So, Tony, anything else that you want to add that you need to say? No, I mean, like, well, the the military side, right? So in the military, it's not it's not a sport, right? So everybody's probably thinking, well, how are you getting concussions in the military? Falling all out in and out of vehicles or getting blown up. Breacher syndrome, where you have such a high concussive force that it actually rattles your brain. That is not fun. No, I wouldn't assume that it would be. Explosions are fun, but being really close to one sucks. (laughs) So, what do y'all think? Do you think CTE is a mental illness? Do you think the NFL could have done more to help him? For me, this story is more sad and tragic than anything. Six people are dead, including himself, because of something he had no control over. I mean, here you have this man giving his life and his health to a sport for over 20 years, And when he started noticing something was wrong, they just basically tossed him aside like he was a shit. I'm not knowledgeable about CTE, so I really can't comment on that. But I will say that I 100% think that CTE is a brain disease. And I think that it's some bullshit that it can't be diagnosed until you're dead. Well, and it's one of those things, as medical science gets better, they'll probably find a way to, to diagnose it sooner. And the NFL, from what I've seen, they are slowly getting better at trying to be more helpful in cases like this. But, again, it's one of those things where if every single person says they have CTE and they have to spend all the money to look at it. Well, I want to thank y'all for listening. I want to thank my husband, Tony, for his knowledge and input. And for those of you who don't know, I'm working on my website. Yay! And I will be doing YouTube videos soon. They will be voiceover videos where I will show pictures, video clips, locations, and go over more poignant details. So I am really excited about that. So till next time, Mass Murder Gang, deuces.